Welcome to Front Office Pros, brought to you by the Front Office Pros, Steve and Joe. Today, we're going to be talking about Dynasty Wide Receiver Rankings and Tiers. Uh, we did the same exercise a few months ago, but we're back, uh, giving you an updated version with rookie wide receivers. Before we get started, we are a new channel, so if you enjoyed this video, smash that subscribe button to show your support. Hut, hut, hike! So heading over to tier four, uh, this is a kind of an interesting tier. I think we'll be somewhat of a shocker a little bit <laughs> of what I got here. But at number 15, I got Devontae Adams. Uh, obviously, he's hit towards the end of his career. He's been an elite player. Uh, I think he'll still be good. And my bias is somewhat against him. I don't like the fit with him and Jimmy Garoppolo. I have a lot of concerns you know, about him. Uh, but, you know, there's no denying the type of player that Devontae has been, uh, you know, during his time, you know, in his career. So that's why I've got him here. At number 14, this will be a shocker to you, but I got Tyreek Hill. We know Tyreek Hill is going to retire in 2025. This is what he said. Uh, he had this little dust up at the marina in Miami, I want to say, that that happened. But I think he'll be okay. I don't think anything's going to happen there. I think Tyreek should contain – I don't – my feeling is I think he's going to take a slight step back this season. I think Jalen Waddle – my my thinking is Waddle will become more a part of the offense. I think Tyreek Hill, maybe he has somewhat of a as good of a season as he did last year. I definitely don't think he'll do better than what he did last year. I'm now Tua could be there for the whole season, but that's a real question. We don't know how healthy Tua can be. Uh, and that, I would say, Tua being the quarterback is going to impact Tyreek Hill's ability, you know, in his production greatly. So um, we know that he's done in 2025, which to me doesn't, you know, really help things. Uh, so that's why I've got him at 14. At number 13, I've got Cooper Cup. He's an interesting one. He's another one that I feel like isn't being talked about a lot. Uh, you know, coming off a couple injuries. <laughs> yeah, right. But he's a guy that he coming off a couple injuries. You've got Matthew Stafford, which you and I both have talked about. I don't I don't know what's going on with him. But so long as he plays, you know, him and Stafford, uh, Cup that is, uh, have had a really good rapport and have done really, really well. Uh, I can't, and if you see that offense, I mean, they don't have a lot going on there. I mean, they've got Cam Akers, who, okay, he's okay. They've got Higby, and he's okay. But who else do they have besides Cooper Cup? They don't really have anybody, and that guy's a target machine. Nobody gets targets like Cooper Cup. And he's around the same age as Tyreek Hill uh, and, and Devontae Adams. So wouldn't you rather have Cup than these guys? I don't know why people aren't talking more about him. So you're not buying the uh, Van Jefferson hype that's uh, kind of been no. going on on Twitter here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, there was some, there were games that he had goose eggs. I mean, I, I mean, we know. I mean, if you don't, I mean, we know receivers really break out in year three. Year three is that year where they really just, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean they can't break out in year one or year two, but if they haven't yet, year three is like that that year and if they don't then it's like mm, i don't know i want to say van jefferson has been in the league for at least two years if not three off my off the top of my head you could you could check to be sure from my standpoint um but yeah no i'm, I'm not buying the van jefferson thing and at number 12 i've got stefan diggs um 
he was a tough one for me to evaluate. Uh, I don't, I do think that what the chatter we've been hearing is nonsense. I, I mean, I do think he is upset, but I don't think it's going to translate to anything. His contract is so huge. Uh, the Bills really don't have any option. He doesn't really have any option to go anywhere else. And I'm not really sure why he would. I mean, if you look at his career, he was good in Minnesota, but he has been phenomenal with the Bills. And Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, unless he's trying to go to the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't really know what he's going to try to do. So, and who even knows if they'd be able to do what they need to do to get him and why the Bills would even trade him there. So, there's just too many obstacles. Um, so I, I really had a hard time with him. I think it's one of those things where I think he probably has two good years left. Uh, and I, and I trust the structure around him with Allen, uh, you know, more so than I do for Cooper cup and Tyree kill and Devonte Adams. And that's why I have him there. Uh, but Joe, what are your thoughts on my tier four? Yeah. You know, I think your tier four is, uh, you know, pretty fair. It's not, not too many complaints. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, Cooper Cup is definitely a guy that is getting slept on right now. I think just part of that is, you know, everyone is sleeping and so low on Matthew Stafford that I think it's just, you know, clouding their judgment on Cooper Cup and his ability to be the guy. But like, if Stafford plays, I'm assuming he's going to be healthy and it's hard to imagine, you know, him, him being bad. And if he's in there, he's going to target Cooper Cup. And I don't see why, like, Cooper Cup's not going to be a productive receiver, you know, with, with Stafford there as long as, you know, the next day's healthy and everything like that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think definitely people are sleeping on him, and I think people are sleeping on Matthew Stafford, honestly. Um, and back to Van Jefferson, you're right. This this upcoming year is uh, year four. He's played three years in the league here. So he definitely didn't break out last year. Offense was kind of so-so. I, you know, I think that's possibly people are trying to write it off, but it, Cooper Cup is the guy, and Higby will get some targets here and there and have his games. Um, but Matt Stafford's in there. He targets Cooper Cup. He's the guy. Interesting your comments with Tyree Kill taking a step back. I just don't know, man. Like everyone thought he was going to take a step back last year after leaving Patrick Mahomes. And the guy had 1,700 yards last year, and that was with not a full season with Tua. I think Tua's going to be around. You know, I'm not saying he repeats or gets more, but um, I don't know if Waddle still takes over and he and he does take that step back this year. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if I could clarify, I, I think for me it was, you know, obviously these are dynasty rankings, so I'll be talking about some of the guys in the, in the you know, the tiers coming up here. So we know that these guys are short-term. But I just like Cup and Diggs situation better than I do Tyreek Hill. I mean, to me, volume is king, and there is nobody better <laughs> than Cooper Cup. And then, obviously, Diggs. I mean, he's been an absolute stud these past two years. So, I mean, not that Tyreek Hill isn't. I just, to me, it's a. I think it's a preference thing at the end of the day. I, I would not... I would not uh, be upset or, or not disagree if, if you or anyone else you know, had Tyreek Hill a bit higher. I can understand why people would have it that way. I just think for me at the end of the day, I like those other options better. Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, we're honestly splitting hairs. I mean, you know, uh, Dix had 11 less receptions than Tyreek Hill last year. It just so happens that Tyreek Hill had 300 more yards. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, well, that's that's his yards after the catch ability right there. Yeah, yeah, that's just his big play ability for sure. So heading over to Tier 3, I've got some interesting players on this list. At number 11, I've got DK Metcalf. This one might be the most surprising one, uh, but I do think that DK, he's younger, obviously, um, but he's really shown that potential to be a big play receiver. Uh, and I thought he would take a step back with Geno Smith, and he's continued to be, you know, a very solid receiver. Um, so I, I also think if if he got an even more elite quarterback, I think he could be even better. Um, I think, um, you know, there's not many receivers that are built uh, with his frame. Uh, so I just, to me, I would admit any probably some bias there, um, but I, I do really like uh, the prospects of DK moving forward. Then number 10, I've got Chris Olave. I like Chris Olave. I do think that people are crowning him way too quickly. I like the combination of him and Carr, and I think that Olave could take a significant jump this upcoming season. I, he had a really good season last year, um, but I think people are a little bit too quick um, to think that, that you know Olave is going to take this huge jump. I think Carr is a good quarterback. He's not great. And I think when I started looking into the numbers more, um, he's really just been mediocre. Now, what he did with Devontae Adams, you know, and and how he supported him, I mean, there's no denying that. But Olave and Adams are not the same type of receiver. So uh, I think, and plus they do have Michael Thomas still on that roster if he can stay healthy. Uh, (laughs) We know what he can. Well, I I would agree (laughs) with you, but, you know. I, I just don't think it's it, it's being treated as a foregone conclusion that Olave is going to be this guy, and uh, I don't I'm not so sure. I definitely think I, I I'd say I'm about a 60 70 percent confidence level, but I think people are talking about it as if it's 90 or 100. Then at number nine, I got Devonta Smith. I was really concerned about his frame coming into the NFL. Uh, That's where I've talked to you in the past, Joe where, you know, there are players that come into the league that are outliers, they're unicorns, they don't fit the typical mold. You think they're, you know, he's, he's, a, he's like built like a toothpick. He's going to get eaten alive out there. Uh, and last year, I mean, he proved me wrong. I mean, he he had a great season as a Robin to, you know, A.J. Brown's Batman. So uh, that offense isn't going to slow down anytime soon. It's one of the most high-powered offenses for Jalen Hurts. Um, so I got him there at nine. Then number eight, I got T. Higgins. Not really too much to say here. You know, I mean, again, one of the more high-powered offenses in Cincinnati. Uh, there have been actually games where you could look at between Higgins and Chase. Higgins has actually been the better player. The one thing will be that's interesting about him will be, will the Cincinnati Bengals be able to retain Burrow, Higgins, and Chase? And if not, where does Higgins go? Um, but I'm not really that concerned if he does go somewhere else. I think he, he really is a great player. I mean, now he could sign to like a really bad team and then, you know, he chases money and then it's a whole different conversation. But I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. Um, I, I really like his, I think he's going to be a great player moving forward. Now, last player I got in this tier three at number seven is Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, he is one of those target machine type of players. Uh, you know, they just pepper him with targets in Detroit and him and Goff. Um, definitely have a connection. Question will be what will happen post golf or if they re-sign golf, I guess things will continue to stay as is. 
Uh, he's a guy that I'm not necessarily like, you know, jumping up and down for. I, I think he's good. Uh, I think there are some other players that I'm more excited about. Um, you know, even lower, way lower on this list. Um, but it's tough to deny what he's been able to do so far. Uh, but Joe, what are your thoughts on my tier three? Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting that uh, you're lower than uh, Chris Olave than uh, a lot of people are. You know, uh, being especially being that you got uh, another second year receiver in your tier two, and I I think you know a lot of people. And I think, you know, it could make sense that some people would have, you know, a lot higher than that guy that you have in tier two. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. Carr is definitely a mediocre middle of the road quarterback, but it doesn't mean that he can't support players. You know, we've seen even the Darren Wallers of the world that he's played with have really good years. So even though I do think uh, I agree with you and Carr is, you know, that mediocre guy, but I think he can support Olave and I, you know, the there's that year two breakout at the receivers that that can potentially happen and i think olave's in line for a potential big year this year and it takes a big leap forward in the in the wide receiver ranks so you'd have olave higher yeah i'd probably have olave higher especially you know i saw some stats regarding devonta smith and i'm you know a little concerned about him if goddard stays healthy this year there was a big discrepancy between his production when Goddard was on the field and versus when he was off the field. And a lot of his bigger games were when he wasn't on the field. So if Goddard's able to stay healthy this year, you know, given that he's on the same pace for targets that he was last year, curious to see how, you know, over a course of a season, how that could affect Devonta Smith. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, um, that was definitely a good tidbit there, Joe. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so heading over to tier two at number six, I've got Jalen Waddle. Um, not really much to say. I mean, I, I think this is a consensus, you know, place where people would put Waddle. Uh, he's young. Um, you know, he's really shown the ability to have great production. Um, you know, I think he will be the vocal point of that offense moving forward, especially post Tyreek Hill. Um, I mean, he just, you know, he's electric with the ball. Uh, so I, I think, you know, makes a ton of sense for him to be here. At number five, this is the jump that you're talking about, which I've got <laughs> Garrett Wilson. I was this is where I gotta be careful. And I and you know, I think I think it's important, you know, for for us in the you know in the fantasy community to kind of be able to own up <laughs> where we've made mistakes. And I, I think for me, one of the things that I've learned with Garrett Wilson was I had him really low in my in as far as my rankings, you know, as a rookie last year. And not necessarily because of the player. I attribute it because I just really, really, really didn't like Zach Wilson. I thought he was an absolute bust, and he was. <clears throat> but I guess I, despite that, Garrett Wilson showed that he was a really good player. And now you've got Aaron Rodgers coming in. And now that Aaron Rodgers is in, I mean, it's a complete reversal. And I think Aaron Rodgers is, is really going to do wonders with Garrett Wilson and really invest in him. He is the bonafide number one receiver in that offense. And we know what Rodgers has been able to do over his career with the likes of Devontae Adams and <clears throat> Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and all these guys. So I think Garrett Wilson um, is really going to take a, a significant jump. And that's why I have more confidence in Rodgers and Will uh, Rod yeah, Rodgers and Garrett Wilson than I do with Carr and Olave. 
Um, not, not, you know, I just think it, it just, and plus, not that I really like Hackett very much. Um, I told you I didn't like him as a hire for the Broncos. But him and Rodgers, for whatever reason, have a good rapport, and they've done well in Green Bay. Um, but, you know, can we really say the same about what they're doing with the Saints and with Dennis Allen as a head coach? Um, he's defensive-minded head coach. Uh, so I don't know. I just – in Robert Salas, too, I'm just saying, I, I think th- there's a rapport there as an offensive coordinator with Hackett and, and Rodgers. Then number four, I've got A.J. Brown. Some would say that he should be a Tier 1 player, but I think there's a pretty there's – there's enough of a separation in my mind uh, to have him be in Tier 2 and not in Tier 1. Um, he, he really – took a huge step this past year. And I continue to see him doing what he's doing. I honestly, primarily the reason why is really due to age. And, and the other factor is I just think that these guys are just that much better um, as a player. But uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on tier two? Yeah. I I mean, I, I love Garrett Wilson. I think he's a phenomenal talent, phenomenal player. You know, I told you thought he was the best player in last year's draft, you know, um, and he, and he really showed that as a rookie, I guess the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause and, you know, Rogers coming over is definitely a huge upgrade and a plus, but just the fact that they brought in, you know, the likes of Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb oh. guys that Rogers are familiar with, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely more guys and more mouths to feed in New York than, than there is with the saints and Chris Olave. So, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, the volume definitely could be higher for Chris Olave with the Saints. I mean, who's taking away targets from from Olave, which, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I think that's kind of the, the potential case between Olave and Garrett Wilson there. So heading over to Tier 1, um, at number 3, I've got C.D. Lamb. Some would argue that C.D. Lamb should be a Tier 2 player. I don't believe so. Uh, C.D. Lamb really took that jump uh, in his third season uh, last year with Dak Prescott, um, with Amari Cooper out of the offense. You know, C.D. Lamb was really able to flourish. Uh, and to me, I mean, you've got he's young. Um, he he really commands that offense. Um, I, I I'm really high on C.D. Lamb. I think he's a great player. I actually think. For whatever reason, the fantasy community also is sort of not as high on Lamb. I, I don't really know why. Um, because Probably because of Dak Prescott. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, it might be. <laughs> I mean, Dak can definitely be um, kind of uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sometimes. Uh, but uh, I, I really like Lamb. Then number two, this will be a little bit of a shock, but I think you could agree with me at the end of the day. But I actually got Justin Jefferson at number two. And the big reason why is because what does life look like after Kirk Cousins? Uh, that's my concern. I mean, I, there's no denying what Justin Jefferson did last year. I mean, an absolute elite season. But can we really expect that year in, year out for the rest of his career? I mean, that's pretty unrealistic. I mean, we're talking, if that's the case, we're talking Jefferson, you know, being like one of the best receivers of all time, <laughs> you know, Jerry Rice-esque type of player. I'm not saying that he can't eventually get to that point, but at some point things are, I think, could slow down. And and there's a lot of what ifs when it comes to what life will be like after Kirk. I'm not. I'm, I still have him at tier one. I still have him as a second best receiver. Uh, I just then at the end of the day at number one have Jamar Chase. I think Chase 
is younger. Um, you know, he has had to share a lot of targets, uh, you know, with T Higgins, you know, whereas Jefferson has really had the fortune of being that guy. I know he's had Adam Thielen, but Adam Thielen is not, you know, you can't compare him and T Higgins. And when it comes to Jamar Chase, it's going to be him and Burrow for probably the rest of their careers. And Burrow's one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. So to me, like you have to bake that in there, you know, when it comes to comparing the two. Uh, so to me, I, I think it's very close. I, I couldn't argue if you decided to flip flop the two, but if, if push came to shove and I had to choose, I think at the end of the day, Chase is a safer bet uh, for the next, you know, five, 10 years. But Joe, what are your thoughts on my tier one? Yeah, you know, uh, initial glance, you know, when I first looked at it, I was a little surprised he had Chase over uh, Jefferson. But I, I mean, I I get you. Uh, to me, they're one A, one B. They're you know really yeah. really great players, early players. They deserve to be in you you know the tier one for sure. Um, and, and I get there's definitely far more stability with Chase in Cincinnati than there is with Justin Jefferson. Like you said, after Kirk Cousins. Who's the quarterback going to be? Will they, you know, be able to still support him? I mean, I don't think it really. I think he's honestly probably quarterback proof. I don't think it really matters, but, um, you know, we'll see. It, it, it would be a lot different of a story, you know, if they go from Kirk Cousins to a rookie, that could definitely impact him a little bit. Where Chase, you know, I assume they're going to at least lock down Chase and Burrow, and with that connection for years to come, like you said, it's hard to deny Chase at number one. So that does it for our wide receiver rankings with tiers. Uh, if you enjoyed this video, uh, you can like it. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And go ahead and put a comment below. Uh, you know, do you agree or disagree uh, with uh, my rankings that I put in there? I'll probably get some tomatoes my way, I'm sure. Uh, but that's a part of the process. Uh, that's what I have as my rankings. And hopefully you can compare and contrast uh, with others out there in the industry uh, to help inform you on uh, how you're going to uh, construct your dynasty teams. Uh, but thank you so much for watching. And until next time.